Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Mudgear Battle Alliance Pro Evan Paris guy guest with me online. Before we get to him, though, a quick word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Ufos. Super excited to have Ufos back as a Mudgear Battle Alliance Pro Team sponsor for another year. They've been with us for I don't know how many years now, four, something like that. They've been great. Um, if you're not familiar, they're recovery sandals and shoes. They've got uh, clogs, they've got slides, they've got sandals, they've got shoes and they recently came out with like a fuzzy i'm gonna call it a slipper only for the ladies though so sorry men but they also have uh, some boots so really love ufos i think i've got three different pairs of sandals a pair of slides and three different pairs of shoes so i would definitely pick those up if you're running hard if you're training and want to recover better and more comfortably or if you're just standing on your feet all day i know like um, my friend lisa nondorf would wear them literally all the time because uh, she had to stand a lot at work and Brenna used to wear them all the time when she was bartending. Pick up some UFOs. All right, www.oofos.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. Joining me, I have Ryan Brizolara. Ryan, welcome. Thank you, Evan. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, if, if you're I'm not, here. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not familiar with Ryan, um, he's been he's been crushing it for the last two years, or I guess last year, because not much happened in 2020, but a uh, former track athlete, slash runner in college, or cross-country yep. runner, rather. Um, you did both or just one? Uh, both. So so I uh, ran and swam my way through high school. I, I never was good at, like, the bookwork reason. So my parents always used, like, hey, if you don't go to school, you can't run during the sports afterwards. And that was <laughs> my reason to go – all the way from like middle school is the only reason I attended school. So <laughs> nice, nice. So uh, besides being a runner um, in uh, college, she was also a semi-professional triathlete. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And then over the last two years, he joined the Noob Sanity crew out there in Binghamton. And we've had Jared Newby on the podcast several times before, and we love them out there and we love that group. And if you've been following their social media pages, we're going to talk about some of the crazy stuff they've been doing and, running around through snow and jumping in ice and all sorts of uh, good stuff going on over that, that group there. Yeah. We have a lot of fun up here. So, <laughs> so let's kind of do, Oh, and then I, I forgot to mention also a world champion, right? Yeah. You were on Jared Ruby yeah, and that, team. That is correct. Yeah. So you are officially an OCR world champion. So I, I think I'm missing – I need to get Jareen on the podcast now to finish out the uh, trio Absolutely. at some point. I think I could arrange that for you. All right. We'll, we'll give her some space because the world can only handle so much noob sanity at once. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of noob sanity, again, permanent obstacle course located in Binghamton, New York. Uh, you've, you guys have been on my feet a lot lately. So tell people what you guys have been doing recently in the snow in Binghamton. Yeah, so so we just started doing a new event called Night Ops. And the whole point of the race is it's like night operations like you would find in the military, right? You're very familiar with that, that yourself. I am. Um, so it's the event starts at 6 p.m. It's in the middle of winter and it ends by jumping into the pond. Uh, last year we had to use chainsaws and sludgehammers and, you know, axes and all this stuff just to get the pond open. Um, and I, I think it was something like 15 degrees out for the race. Um, and we had a big bonfire afterwards this year. I think the temperature 
peaked at like two degrees. (laughs) So um, we actually made the water jump at the end optional. And that didn't stop something like a third of our members from going in the water at the end of the race, let alone back into it three, four times afterwards, just for fun. Um, so I hang out with a bunch of, I don't know, absolute nonsensical human beings, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we get along real well up here. Yeah, that's great. You know, you guys, you guys push each other, um, whether you mean to or not, but it turns into like this, I'm going to say like one upsmanship, but not in a bad way, right? Like it's, you know, it's hard to get anyone to jump into cold water let alone when it's single digits out. Yeah. Unless you're at noob sanity. Yeah. I, um, a great example of this. We had a workout on Sunday, uh, whatever it was, the 23rd, I believe, and finished the workout. Some new person shows up. We're all kind of standing around a couple of campfires, hanging out, talking, everybody's about to go home. And some new person shows up asking about like, Hey, you know, is this where the workout is? you know, when does it start? And we're like, we all kind of look at each other. We're like, well, do we tell them that it ended or do we just figure something out real quick, do a workout again and take them with us? And so I'm looking around and out of, I think, 18 people that were there standing, three people actually went home. Everybody else stayed and did a whole nother workout (laughs) all over again took this guy right you know just showed him the culture of noob sanity like showed him around talked to him got to know him introduced ourselves and um it's it's just that kind of like hey guys i'm gonna go do this and it's absolutely terrible anybody else want to come oh oh okay everybody wants to go sweet let's go yeah <laughs> so yeah, that- it, it's a lot of fun you, you don't get that many other places like being able to peer pressure your friends into doing awful things doesn't get easier anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. You know, it sounds like a great group reminds me of uh, my college time, actually. So I was in a military fraternity and our first, the first ultra I ever ran, not an official ultra, me and my roommate ran from Baltimore to Washington, DC. So it's about 40 miles. Oh, okay. And uh, we didn't, so we didn't tell anyone because we were worried people were going to try to jump on the trip and come with us and we're like no no we just, <laughs> yeah we were like we just want the two of us it's gonna get logistically too pro- too problematic with multiple people we're gonna have to keep adjusting the pace so like we didn't tell anyone we just left that morning and then uh we got long story short we got stuck in stuck in dc it started raining the guy was supposed to pick us up we got into like a fender bender and uh it, it turned into like me and my friend huddled into a, um, a subway station like trying to stay warm um but yeah it was <laughs> My, yeah. my, my first ultra experience, but that, 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 that same atmosphere that was like in my military friend, I, I can see that in the new sanity crew, except it's applied directly more to obstacle course racing and less about. Yeah, your, yeah, absolutely. So what else, what other events you guys have coming up? I know uh, you got a frozen four miler, right? Is yep. Frozen up? four is a couple of weeks from now. Um, that'll be the weekend of, oh, what's the date? I think February 6th. I believe it's the Sunday, February 6th. Okay. Yeah. Is that an OCR uh, or just pure uh, Shoe Ravine side? So that is on the obstacle side, but no obstacles. Okay. And 
it's kind of one of those courses where we go out like the day before and hang up a bunch of tape and mark the course in as few broken trails as possible. And in February in upstate New York, that means breaking trail and cutting course right through like fresh powder snow every single year. And last year we had that huge snowstorm and it melted and froze a couple of t- times before the event. So you had this like layer cake of little bit of powder snow and then a sharp layer of ice and a little bit of powder snow, a couple inches and then layer of ice. And, um, you have one set of foot tracks to follow the course and whoever's running out front is breaking the trail. So all of us finished the course and our ankles were beat up and, and of course it's noob sanity. So we had what's called a bathing suit class Mm, where you get extra points for the season series if you wear only a bathing suit and of course sneakers are allowed and a hat and gloves are allowed that's it long socks are out pants are out you know so you get guys show up in you know swimming trunks that you would wear at a beach to like competition diving uniforms like a speedo or or uh jammers or any you know anything like that and uh, a lot of the women will show up in a bikini or a onesie or, you know, whatever those kinds of things are. And uh, I think 80% of the people that run that race run it in just a bathing suit. Nice. It, it's fascinating to watch. It makes for great photos. <laughs> yeah, I love them. They're, they're, they're absolutely great. Uh, so check that out over at Noob Sanity if anyone wants to. Head out there for a good time. And then you guys also, you're, are you doing the Fit Challenge Noob Sanity co-event again this year? Do you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Rob over at Fit Challenge is uh, good buddies with R- Jarrett, our race director. Uh, we've done a couple of partnered up events where we have him bring his obstacles down to our course and have run them on our property a couple of times. Um and we always take a crew up to his races, represent, volunteer, help out. Um, it, and it's, it's really cool to be able to take a group of athletes up there to just have a lot of fun. We usually stay near Rob's house. We usually, like the volunteering is probably the most fun part of it because we help set up, build the obstacles beforehand. And Rob's an absolute ball buster. I don't think I've ever heard a like genuine comment of appreciation ever come out of his mouth. It's always ball busting. And that's, that's like his love language, you know? <laughs> um, so it's, it's so much fun to be able to go up there uh, to the fit challenge races. And there's a bunch of them. He's, he's got the trail race at the monastery. Um, and then at diamond park, he's got the obstacle course races. And, uh, we're always, we always take a crew up to his events. That's great. That's, that, that's been on my bucket list forever. And, uh, I just haven't, haven't quite lined things up. I don't know. I don't know about this year either. So we'll see. Well, well if you can manage to stop in Binghamton, you can carpool. I'm sure we'll have, I that's think true. we have 15 people coming up from Noob Sanity this year. 
you know, every year I keep being like, oh, I think I'm going to start traveling a little bit less. And then like at times it comes time to start filling in my race calendar. And I'm like, oh, here's an open yeah. weekend. Oh, here's an open yeah, weekend. Yeah. I'm like, let me just fill this up until I'm out of weekends. <laughs> yeah. So. That's, it's kind of funny. I'm doing the opposite from that right now. I'm like, okay, I guess this is when I start traveling a little bit more, you know, like each year, like, and I was looking at my calendar a couple of months ago and I just, I was getting really nervous. I'm like, holy crow, man. Like, <laughs> but, uh, there's some, there's some, a lot of traveling more than I've ever had to travel for a race season before. So I'm, I'm pretty gotcha. excited. Gotcha. Cool. Well, what, what do you, what else you got on the calendar this year that you're looking forward to? So, um, any, a lot of the Savage races are pretty close within driving distance for me. Um, so I'll, I'll do a bunch of those. There's a few Spartans that are pretty close by, uh, Spartan Bethel is kind of on my radar. Um, not exactly sure how many Spartans are within traveling distance for me. There's a couple of things going on behind the scenes that may sway my decision one way or the other. Um, but definitely doing a bunch of the savage races, definitely doing all the noob sanity events. And, um, there's a couple of like trail races that I have athletes of my own. Cause I do like online coaching. Nice. Um, give, give yourself a plug. Let's see. Where's the, what's the website? Whatever. Uh, yeah. So, we find so you? it's, it's, uh, Rhina running R Y N a running, uh, dot com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at run Rhina run. Um, the name actually comes from Jarrett Newby's daughter who thought I lived in their basement for like a year. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we, Jarrett and I were just, we would train every single day together. And, and so every time, right around the time I got out of work and time she was going to bed, I was in their basement waiting for Jarrett to finish work to come downstairs. <laughs> so, so she just assumed that I lived there. And uh, would always call me Rhina. And in fact, she still does. And I'm trying not to break that streak yet. So uh, she'll be very embarrassed when she gets into middle school and finds out my name is actually Ryan. Um, but uh, until then, I'm, I'm holding on to that one tight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, I do like online training for a bunch of people. I, it is a side gig for me. I have a full-time job. so. Uh, I, I have a lot of fun with it, but a couple of my athletes are doing like trail races and, uh, things like that, that I'm going to currently, I'm not signed up for these races, but I likely will be, um, let's see what else is going on. I've got so do you coach, uh, just OCR or OCR and running and like, uh, and tri like, would you do triathlon triathletes, yeah, triathletes too? Yeah, absolutely. So like, like you kind of mentioned earlier, I actually have a background in triathlon and, um, I was, I worked as a personal trainer in a gym for three years before I got the job I have now. And, uh, so, I, so I do strength training for people who want to get strong, but also want to be healthy. And, and I give lots of like cardio advice because that is important for people to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll also deal with, uh, you know, 
athletes like, I'm going to give him a shout out, Logan Nagel, who went to World's Toughest this year and absolutely crushed it. Had a first start to the race was kind of rough, but, but turned it around fast and turned heads the second half of the race. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I do OCR, I do trail racing. I've, and one of my athletes is a woman named Esther Frustrino that's been in the news a couple of times locally because she did a 50K on her 50th birthday this past September. Um, she never thought she would be a runner at all a year ago and then started working with me and has just continued to set and reach for higher and higher and more ridiculous goals, but has just absolutely trusted me with her training and, and doesn't like second guess things. And, and I'm a human being, I'm not perfect, but to have someone so fully invested in you giving them good advice is like, like you, you, you strive to go above and beyond when that happens. And it's, it's a really cool feeling for me to see my athletes improving and growing and succeeding and, you know, injuries happen and working through injuries and really just moving forward and crushing it. It's, it's really cool, really cool feeling for me. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing great work over there. And that is cool to see, um, especially someone who's like, never consider themselves a runner getting into the, like that ultra distance category where, you know, at that point your limit turns into your imagination. Exactly. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk, let's talk a little bit about, um, Oh, uh, yeah. So a little bit about you and some of your background, right? So we mentioned you you were a runner in college. Uh, what distances would you say were your specialty? So, so obviously ran through, high school and got into college, um, in high school, you only run five Ks and in track you do, you know, the longest events are the mile and the two mile. And I routinely got smoked. <laughs> um, and in, you know, even in high school in the five K I was, I was nothing special. Um, the only couple of races that really stand out were like, really muddy kind of adverse weather conditions where I would excel. Um, and then I went to college and we were running eight K's in the division that I was a part of. And again, I, I wasn't stellar. I was like upper mid pack. Usually I'd score a couple of points for the team. We had some guys that um, would the team after I left would go on to win nationals. So I don't know if I was just holding them back or, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but we had some guys that were incredibly talented and, and uh, I was never a stellar runner, but I was front to mid pack and, uh, you know, at least scored points for the team. Um. Then in 2013, well, the very beginning of 2014, I should say, I dropped out of college, moved to California, got a job in like the solar industry. So I was outside craw like crawling on roofs and carrying heavy bags up ladders and that sort of stuff. And um, 
had always ridden my bike around because growing up, it was one car family. Uh, mom and dad were separated, had three younger siblings. So I was pretty much left to fend for myself and living way out in the country. Sure, you could run there, but you're gonna, it's going to take way longer. So I always biked everywhere. So I started linking up with a like local bike shop for some group rides and they talked about, you know, doing triathlons and I had done a couple of like super sprint micro triathlons here and there, always had a lot of fun with them and showed up to a race, won it. And they were like, Hey, you should come sign this contract with us and you get free gear and free entry <laughs> to a couple of different races and yada, yada, yada. And I was, I don't know, I think I was 21 or 22 maybe at the time. Didn't know any better as, you know, how to pay for things. So I was like, sure, absolutely. You know, sign my, sign all these contracts and um, had an absolute blast uh, working with the bike team Moment Bicycles out in uh, San Diego. Loved Loved working with them. They hooked me up with some awesome gear. They put on stellar events um, and rode with them for a couple of years before moving back to New York State and uh, meeting Jarrett Newby for the first time, which is a pretty interesting story, actually. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Let's back yep. up a little bit for the running. Yep. So, you know, we like to, I'm going to ask you the same question for triathlon. You know, one of the things we like to do is ask people about lessons learned they can take from other sports and apply to OCR. The, the crossover from running to OCR is pretty high, but we'll start there. You know, what's something you learned from running um, that you've taken with you into the uh, obstacle course racing world? Um, I think it's, it's don't underestimate the amount of improvement you can make year over year. Right. A lot of people are so concerned with focusing on this year, this season, you know, my next race, you know, that sort of thing. But especially in obstacle course racing, it doesn't necessarily matter how fast you are. Like you don't have to be the fastest runner out there. You don't have to be the strongest person out there. So much of obstacle course racing is technique and experience. And then year over year, you can improve a lot if you continue to learn your lessons and learn from the failures positively rather than letting them impact you negatively. Yeah, love that. I love that answer. Very good. All right, now let's transition to triathlon. So give me some lessons from triathlon world um, that you can apply to the OCR or that you have applied to the OCR world. Yeah, so triathlon obviously you go from swimming to biking, you have to change your gear and, and that sort of thing. And then from biking to running again, you change your gear. Um, for some people it's that takes minutes and you change shoes and hats and t-shirts and all that stuff, but you can really streamline those. Um, and your pit times in triathlon are just having experience in that is super helpful for understanding pit times for like ultras like you know i saw you at uh world's toughest motor and your pit times were under two minutes for you know, like that from the amount of time you sat down ate changed your shoes all this stuff and yeah. 
turn around and get moving. Like, like having that experience and knowing what you can eat. That's a, like a big part of triathlon that I learned was we call it the fourth discipline is nutrition. And that's huge applicable everywhere. In my opinion, everywhere in life, if you do it right. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's spot on. I mean, I, I took, that's where I got a lot of my uh, pit technique is from triathlon. And then, uh, you know, you know, you say two minutes, but for me, a lot of like the timer starts for your transition when you cross the finish line and stops when you cross the start line. So if you, right. if, you if you actually look at my split times uh, for my uh, pit times, it's like, oh, yeah, it's two minutes. It's like, yeah, but like a minute 20 of that is me walking, you know, moving forward. Um, like right. I'm, actually, I'm actually standing in front of my dad and uh, John Coley for World Stuff is Mudder from uh, Mud Gear. Uh, like, you know, sometimes 10 to 30 seconds. And the only time I really come in and sit down is when I'm actually changing gear, like you're saying, changing socks or shoes or uh, putting on a wetsuit or something like that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Most people would, I think, kind of assume like, okay, in order to eat and change my shoes and get new water bottles and carry stuff, like, most people would probably think that takes five to 10 minutes, but I mean, you're, you're in and out. And, you know, especially this last world's toughest, they had the start line and the finish line were 200 meters apart or more. Yeah. It was a long way, you know, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find it. I have a, I have a actual video from, that's probably right before dusk. So we're probably a couple hours into the event. Uh, four hours, four or five hours into the event of, of one of my actual pit stops. And okay. it is like, I'll, I'll try to post it to my Facebook when this uh, podcast drops, uh, just so people can actually see it. But yeah, it's quick. I mean, if I'm not moving forward, I'm not gaining ground. <laughs> so why right, am I, exactly. why am I standing there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it, it, again, if anyone reads my book, all the ultra OCR Bible, it's got a lot of tips like that. Right. So like I, I need new headlamp batteries every lap. Um, but I don't switch them. I just ch- I have two headlamps, and I just switch out my headlamp, right? Like, why am I gonna waste time changing batteries? Um, Absolutely. You know, it's a little stuff like that, and you know, my gels and my food is all prepackaged. So essentially, my dad or John hands me a little bag, and like I give them trash, and then we we keep on moving. You know, so yeah, that's it. That's it. So why'd you end up? Um, I would say transitioning away from the triathlon. I don't know if it was ever a dream, but the tri- triathlon path of fitness. So I, um, it wound up more being about other factors that were going on in my life. I was married, uh, the month after I turned 20, that was part of the reason I went to California. My spouse was in the military, so she couldn't get, she couldn't choose where she went. You're, no. Military says, "Hey, go here," and you're like, "Yes, sir." You know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I went out to California to be with her, and then, um, stayed there. For, I think I was in California for four and a half, close to five years total, and uh, we're divorced now. So we were both from this area, and we worked together very civilly to get back across the country and and through that whole process was you know me selling a lot of my equipment um you know and and changing locations like 
San Diego is where triathlon was invented. So it's like a heat. Well, I don't know if you could say invented, but like officially became a sport there, I guess mm-hmm. is more correct. But um, so it's a huge hotspot. They have every kind of triathlon from podunk backwoods costs $5 for entry fee to like huge multinational race series that are hundreds of dollars for race entry um, and, and everything in between. So when I moved back across the country, it was my passion for sport never left me, but the opportunities kind of waned a bit. Mm-hmm. So I wound up trying to get into other types of, you know, fitness that didn't involve hundreds of dollars of upfront and equipment costs. Running is a low ball. That's low. I mean, you, how much was your bike? How much was your bike worth? Uh, my, well, the bike that I raced on, not just the bike that I trained on, and that doesn't include the mountain bike I had or the <laughs> trainer bike that I had, or so just the bike that I raced on. Um, I think I paid eight and a half grand and oh. it came dry, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you add bottles and bottle cages, handlebars, wheels, you know, what? right. You need carbon fiber bottle cages. They got to be aerodynamic. You need special wheels. The wheels got to be aerodynamic. They're a thousand dollars each. Absolutely. The aero helmet, the helmet's like 500, you know, it's like, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And thankfully I had a job when I was first out in California, I had a job where I was making more money than anybody my age had any business making. So (laughs) those upfront purchases didn't really affect me. Uh, Blew that gig. The company went out of business unfortunately. And probably, probably um, paying their, their new employees too much. Could have been, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but, um, wound up with really nice equipment and then a regular job making regular money. And, um, we was still trying to play that, keep up with the Joneses game. Mm. So it led me to, when I moved back across the country, sell a lot of my equipment to get out of debt, slim down on uh bills that sort of thing so running a pair of running shoes or two every other month is not a bad investment there's definitely less money than my grocery bill so (laughs) i was able to do that and get into running and um i had a friend of mine ask me to do a race with him well, well, let's see. I had a friend of mine ask me to do a race. And if I knew anybody else that would also want to do the race as a team. So I reached out to one of my buddies that I knew would be in. And he flipped the Uno reverse card on me. and was like, yeah, I'll join your team if you join my team. Showed up to an event with him. And that was where I met Jarrett Newby. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it's actually really funny. The first time I ever met Jarrett, I thought he was the lowballest human being on earth. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we were on the same team 
And there was a point in the race where he and I were kind of flipping back and forth, second and first place. And there's basically a way to earn bonus points. And from my perspective, I thought he had given me bogus advice so that he could gain like 30 seconds on me and beat me. Uh, so he crossed the line. Then I come across the line like 30 seconds later. I'm looking around like, what the heck happened? He's already in his car driving to another event. Yep. The same morning. So I'm like, I'm like, did he just sabotage his own teammate to win? I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and long story short, he is absolutely not like that. Um, he, uh, he had lost that team series race previously in previous years because of not picking up card point cards on the side of the trail. And so he had, he had seen one, told me I needed to pick it up because he already had one. Yeah, and you it can't wound get up one, yeah. being yeah, you can only pick up one at a time per person, and it it wound up being like way through the mud and super slippery. It took me forever to get it. So, uh, but yeah, and then and then he and I did a running streak together, uh, starting a couple of months after that. We ran together every single day for an entire leap year, three hundred and sixty six days. And uh, built a pretty solid friendship out of that. Yeah, when I first met you, uh, I first met you at OCR America back in 2020. Uh, Jared was like, "Oh, you got to meet, you got to meet this guy Ryan. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be huge in OCR. He's gonna be huge." And I was like, "Okay, so <laughs> so that's yeah, where okay, got, heard that before, yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where I got to meet you. And uh, sure enough, I mean, well, we didn't see anything in 2020 again because it was." not much going on but um you know 2021 you're making some waves so and uh yeah thanks man i'm sure you'll be you'll be making a lot more waves uh this year coming up um i know you've i know you've been on savage boat have you have you won the savage you won savage too haven't you yeah so so this past year um dreen and i showed up to that's what i was uh, thinking yeah you both both won at the same time right yeah yeah, so it was, yeah. Okay. it was it was pretty cool. And then this, so we both did two Savage races that year. We both won each event. So now we have like some of our friends are picking us. They're like, who's gonna lose first? Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> hey guys, like, like let's let's not talk about that because it's really about who shows up to the event on my side and Jareen we'll still just keep winning. So <laughs> <laughs> men's fields are usually are a little deeper, you know, on average. Yeah. So it's usually a little bit more competitive on the, on the men's side. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jared Newby. Uh, his father is also named Jared. And I know he Correct. just recently did something that was insane. Uh, I saw you YouTube or a Facebook live it at one point. Can you tell us yes. a little bit about that? Yeah. So so a couple of years ago, he did uh, the one million meter solo row. It's on an indoor rower. It took him, I think, six days and 18 hours or something. Like that. I don't remember the actual time off the top of my head. Um, but so he had told everybody ever that he would never do something like that again. But 100,000 meter challenges. Oh, yeah, he was all about it. 
sit on a rower and go 62 miles on a rower. Great. What about a skier? Sure. Loves it. Well, he recently decided he was going to do, I don't know how he decides these or where he finds these ideas. He woke up one morning, basically texted me. He was like, hey, no one has ever even attempted a million meters on a skier. He's like, I'm going to do it in like a week and a half. <laughs> like, okay. Like, Hey, how's your training been up to this? I ride the skier a few thousand meters a day. Like, no, no big deal. <laughs> so he did, he went down to one of Noob Sanity's sponsor companies, gyms down in South Carolina, Polano Fitness or Polano PT and stood on a skier for seven days straight. Insane. And so he is officially the first person in the world to ever even attempt doing a million meters on a skier. And, oh. and I was talking with him on Sunday after the workout that I was talking, told you about. Um, and he, you know, you can talk to him about doing the million meter row and he kind of laughs and his eyes kind of light up. Well, you talk to him about doing the million meter skier and he, his eyes sink in. He, he just looks like he is. He does not want to remember it. He talks about how much harder it was and he hasn't really opened up about any of the details of what was going through his mind and how bad, bad it hurt. And, um, but he would be, he would be a fantastic, like he's a good storyteller. So I would love to. Yeah. We'll, we'll get I'll him get on. Story. Too. Yeah. He's, I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> give, maybe give him a little bit more time and then, uh, his eyes will light up again when you talk about <laughs> this challenge. Cause usually, the, you know, you know, you know, the pain is usually, it's pretty bad immediately after. And then you kind of like, as time goes on, you tend to forget about a lot of like the really awful Absolutely. parts. Absolutely. And you're like, no, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. It's like, no, that was never fun. Um, yeah. What's funny about him. So I, you know, I did OCR America and it came through Noob Sanity and then OCR America too. And both times he's like, man, you're crazy. This is so crazy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah. you literally went, you did a, you did a rowing for seven days in a row. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this sounds way easier than what you're doing. He's like, oh, no, this is crazy, man. It's like, no, I like me and you don't, we don't, we don't think the same, uh, but we do but in, <laughs> in a different way. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. And then uh, I, you know, we've mentioned it before, but so when we stayed, we stayed at Jared's place, uh, his parents' house, um, the, the father, yep. his basement is wall to wall motocross trophies. Not like, oh, there's it's, a lot of motocross trophies. It's not even wall to wall. It's, it's all four sides professionally laid out, and it's not a small basement. It's huge. There's so many trophies there. It looks like you've walked into a shop that sells trophies. It is so absurd. It's, it's absurd. Yeah, he talks about some of the races he's done, and year after year after year, this has been decades long running. He has been ranked fourth in the world for motocross for years consistently. And uh, it, hearing him talk about that is really funny because he's like, he's like, okay, maybe this is my year. I'm going to get it, you know? And he's like, 
the same three guys that were beating me last year are still there because they think that it's their year too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. so it's, it's really cool. I mean, having him to look up to having Jarrett Newby to look up to as role models and mentors and to be able to learn from them and, and kind of adopt their mindset of, Hey, like it doesn't matter when things hurt, like that's okay what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Mm -hmm. So keep moving, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. just, it's that kind it's, I don't know if you'd say all or nothing mindset because that family never does nothing, <laughs> but they are always all in on yeah. whatever they're in. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you can see, so that it applied to his motocross career. It, it's transitioned over to him setting records in you know, ski erg and, er, and uh, erg challenges, right? Like it, you can take that template and just like lift it up and just drop it into a new sport or drop it into a new hobby or um, absolutely something you want to achieve, right? And you just you can take that template and just duplicate it over. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not just a sport; it's it's life lessons and that you can you can apply this to. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the coolest thing about that family, in my opinion, is, is their mindset all the time. Good stuff. Really cool. All right. We're going to start uh, wrapping things up uh, before we get going. Let's see. Um, we like to ask people, tell us one thing people would be surprised to know about you. Mm, let's see. I, uh, well, I have been hospitalized a bunch of different times for getting hit by motor vehicles. Oof. Yeah, unfortunately. Were, um, you, were you also in a motor vehicle or was this? So I've totaled two cars and a motorcycle myself. Uh, the two cars, I was uninjured. Uh, the motorcycle, I stayed in the hospital for a little while. Mm. Um the uh, the lot the majority of the rest of the times it was me riding a bicycle and being young and full of testosterone and not paying attention or yielding to yeah dangerous situations um in hindsight now I'm, i look back and i'm like yeah i was i could have avoided probably 80 percent of those but uh, I've been in hit and run situations. I've had extended stays at the hospital. Uh, I've got a fair amount of metal implanted in my body <laughs> from those. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat because having those injuries, building back from that is a months to years long process. And that has taught me so much about myself and about how to help other people manage injury that, uh, you know, people look at me, they're like, Hey, my, my shin hurts or my calf hurts or my, you know, whatever. I'm like, Hey, like take some time off or rest or stretch or, you know, whatever you need to do because it's not going to affect you in the long run. Like taking the time off to recover and fix it and get stronger now is going to make you be able to train at a higher level and get better than you could have been before. So treating injuries like a blessing and an opportunity in disguise is that, yeah, that's the lesson I learned. 
Yeah, yeah there, t- there you go. Something surprising into a philosophical lesson for you. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's more true for our sport than any other sport, right? Because I mean, you get injured running and if running's your primary sport, it's like, all right, well then I can't run. Um, right. But with our sport, like you can, if you get, if you, if you can't run, you can still do obstacles. You can still do right. Like there's a lot of different things. Or if you have an upper body injury, you can still, a lot of times you can still run. So there's just, or you can work on balance, right? There's a whole, I mean, there's a whole slew of stuff you can work on that still improves you as an obstacle course racer. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, and that's really good yeah. advice about, you know, being concerned about long-term, especially with, you know, today and Facebook and Instagram and social media, people get caught up with like, like the last race or well, the next race, you know, and it's, uh, fitness is a long game, right? It's a lifestyle. So. Absolutely. And yeah. one of the, the big slogan up at New Sanity is make fitness fun. And I wholeheartedly embrace that because if you're having fun being fit and, and getting fit and you have goals that you want to hit that are fun for you to hit, then you're going to focus on training way more because you want to get better. You want to like go for a hike at some awesome trailhead that you, you don't know if you can complete it, but in the next two or three months, you can get into shape enough to complete it. Hmm. And if you have goals like that, you'll never be out of shape, no matter no matter what. And that, and that comes back to the mindset thing. So. Gotcha. So clearly I am sold out on noob sanity. So yeah, I mean, you should be, it's uh, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a cult, but it's a good cult. It's a good place to be. I'm, I'm, absolutely. you know, when I was there and we were there for OCR America, I, I was like, this is the, this is the place to be to train. Like if I could pick what training group was near my house, it would be you guys. Yeah. And I was like, and it's not like I'm not involved in other training groups, right? Like I, I've, I've moved several times um, since getting involved in obstacle course race. I've lived in four different locations and I've traveled around the country to all these other groups, but like, it's nothing. I mean, it's, it's worth going out of your way to visit the Noob Sanity crew um, with, for the, either for one of their live events, or if you can even make it up onto like a training day, you know, it's worth, it's worth the trip. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool. Cause if we know someone's coming from out of town, like, like reach out to me, reach out to Jarrett, shoot me a message. Like I, I can text 10 of my friends, nine of them will show up just out of the blue on a weekday, you know? So, and, and then, you know, of course on the training days, we have several dozen people up there. Uh, and then races, we usually get close to a hundred depending mud gauntlet in may is our big race i think that's may 15th this year i don't know the exact date on the weekend it's a saturday um but that's our big race where we'll get you know two three four hundred people and it's it's a party it's an absolute blast you have the race you have the after party you have usually a huge bonfire food catered live music that sort of thing so it's a good time. It's a good time. There's so we, your noob sanity plug. <laughs> we, we mentioned uh, fitness being a long game and some, um, you know, w- what are some of your long-term goals in the sport? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah. Or so share you will share. Yeah. So I, um, I, of course, like every athlete want to get better and it's easy to look at some of the best in the world, in our sport and say, I want to be like that. But for me, I I look a lot at like 
like, okay, well, how can I just get faster? How can I be faster than I was yesterday? Like there was a certain podcast group that was covering a savage race that I did live and I watched the footage back um, just to kind of see and, and hear some of the commentary. And one of the commentators said something along the lines of, you know, oh, like 40 minutes, that would be an average pace of, you know, just under eight minutes a mile with obstacles and mud. There's no way that's possible. Well, I, I take things like that and I'm like, oh, buddy, we're going to drop that time so you wouldn't believe it. Like, those are the kind of things that really motivate me is to, to be able to just hear people say, no, that's impossible. I'm like, well, I just did it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so there's a couple of course records up at Duke Sanity. Obviously we have the ravine and then we have the mud gauntlet and, uh, those are, we make segments on Strava that, uh, you know, you can track like what's the PRs over time, who's close, who's, you know, who's doing the most number of labs, that sort of thing. So being able to reach and, and know that I have that to be able to kick that next gear um, is, is a powerful feeling for me. So I just really want to get faster. I'm really looking forward to OCR worlds. I've never been a stellar hill climber, but I'm hoping to do a little bit of changes to that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, very recently just got into a relationship and the girl lives in a very convenient hilly part of town. So, you know, convenient hill training right there. So, <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to, uh, to getting strong and seeing how the year goes and, um, and staying injury free this year is the big one for me. I had a, long list of injuries last year, torn MCL, broken rib, uh, broken ankle twice, uh, that sort of thing. So, uh, if I can avoid those and do consistent training and, uh, do some hill runs, then I'll be set up well. And, uh, really looking forward to OCR worlds this year in Vermont, as well as, uh, world's toughest. I'll, we have a huge crew going down to Pensacola, Florida for uh, World's Toughest Mudder. You so, pitting again or are you competing this year? I think one of my friends has officially convinced me to be on a relay team. Okay. Uh, I think, think it's going to be a mixed relay. Um, this will be news to at least one of the members. <laughs> uh, but, Surprise! Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's new sanity, so you can announce these things and throw it together last minute, and they just work. Um, we're hoping to get myself and either Matt Gill or Ty McHugh and uh, probably Jareen on a team. And, and the goal would be to just have fun, but there's no way we get three new Saniacs together. No, you're not and, just having and fun. And don't. You know, I mean, you will have fun. Of fun is pushing really hard. Yes, <laughs> so. exactly. So, so the um, if anyone's not tracking, because I just found out the other day, uh, the so they I think they did away with the two man team category. It is now really? it's now two to four man team category. So, yeah, you, know, you know whether you show up with two people, or you show up with four people, you're competing against the same uh, in the same category. 
but right. the street cred for two man is still there, right? Like you, like you can't imagine two two studs show up and beat out all the four person teams, right? Like so. So I would. So actually, um, the t- it, it initially you're like, oh, right. Well, the four man's got to have the advantage, but it's the opposite. It's the two man that has the advantage. Because really, the, why is that? So if you're on a if you're on a two man if you're running with a partner uh, during a relay, then if they fail an obstacle, you fail the obstacle. Um, and then right. you're, you're running at the, the pace of the slowest person. So you, yeah, that's true. Chances are I can find like I can me and I can grab you and the, the two of us would probably do really well um, as a two man relay category, but finding me, you, and then like two more people who are at the same physical ability level as me and you uh, yeah. would be harder. Right. I, I get that. I get that. So yeah, what's funny is I had the same initial reaction though, and kind of just as we were, as I mentioned it, I was thinking through it, uh, just kind of recalling when the two man team category actually had to stay together the whole time, and uh, yeah, so yeah, that uh, that changes the game a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Good. But, all right, uh, we're gonna start. I said that before. We're gonna start wrapping things up. Uh, give a shout out <laughs> to anyone, uh, any, anyone I missed that you need to give a shout out to, or uh, sponsors, friends, family, brands you enjoy, etc. So uh, no official sponsors. Uh, <clears throat> hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously Noob Sanity. We talked about them. The whole. The whole crew has been nothing but supportive for me. The newbie family, I cannot talk highly enough about. Um, a lot of the athletes and volunteers up at Fit Challenge, same thing. Um, we have another obstacle series kind of nearby, more towards the Catskills, called Obstacle Wonderland. Uh, Gabe and his wife put on phenomenal events and, um, and have been nothing, again, nothing but supportive. Uh, so check out their events, check out their websites, Obstacle Wonderland. They're on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And um, yeah, think about coming down to Binghamton for some events. We'll set you up right. You need a place to stay. The property's open. We have people camp. Uh, there's no electricity or running water because it is just a field on somebody's private property. So it's not bougie, but you can make it work. And a lot of our athletes and members will just camp out there on uh, race weekends. So you would not be alone. Good but to know. yeah, Good to come know. to Noob Sanity. Have fun. We'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, Ryan. Uh, for our listeners, you can head over to teamstrengthspeed.com. Uh, you can find some details about my newest book, which is coming out in April. It's called On Endurance, and it is essentially lessons learned compiled from from this from podcast interviews so what i did was i took all the podcast interviews or i didn't take all of them because it was an obnoxious amount of material to listen to re-listen to but i started pulling lessons learned from talking to people like ryan and uh, jared and some other people and and just started you know kind of picking out some good nuggets that i uh, basically compiled into a thoughtful logical process in a book and it's called on endurance uh, a practical guide to superhuman performance, right? So I'm taking, you know, th- there's a lot of books that talk about, you know, improving performance. Um, so this is kind of like focused on the mental aspect of endurance and kind of like the tricks and tips athletes have used uh, that I've interviewed and that I personally use. And then it, it backs it up with personal examples, right? So it'll have an example of something and then it'll have like an excerpt from someone who used that, whether it be me, 
Uh, there are a decent number of me stories in there just because I have an infinite amount of information about myself. <laughs> uh, but they're not, you know, they're mixed in with stories from previous podcast guests that kind of back up some of that. So like uh, Billy Richards, the guy who was running all the 100 miles in the year, uh, John Kelly's in there, and, you know, Lisa Nondorf, I even have uh, Patrick Vuong. So I've, I also pull people from outside the endurance sports just because they can take lessons from, you know, mastering any skill and apply it to endurance sports. So check that out. The uh, some general information is up on the website now and pre-order should be opening soon. Uh, and that'll be on Amazon. It'll be digital and hard copy. And then obviously we have all our usual stuff. If anyone's heading out to Noob Sanity or Fit Challenge or is wants to keep their hands a little bit warmer as they jump into the ice pond there. Now we do have bleg mitts, all sizes and uh, styles available. And then other than that, I've had a lot of content publish on, let's see, I got a bunch of stuff coming out on OCR buddy. So head over to that, some reviews on high lead on that. And then also on the OCR report, a new article just published today. It's called behind the scenes of tough mutter. So when I was working for, Tough Mudder Infinite Hero Honor Foundation. I got to see behind the scenes of the biggest obstacle course racing brand or second biggest. Well, them and Spartan are the biggest, but that's essentially the same thing now. <laughs> uh, I got to see behind the scenes. So I wrote a little article about like, you know, what it was like and um, if it kind of shattered my reality of like getting to see how the sausage was made or made me feel uh, even more appreciative. So you can head over and read that on the OCR report. All right. I think that's about it for now. Ryan, thanks again for coming on. Uh, Evan, it was my pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to see what what you got going on this year and some of the results. And um, we'll get uh, Jareen and Jared on here at some point in 2022. Yeah, that would be fantastic. All right, we'll catch you later. Catch you later, Evan. Thank you. Bye.